0: Hey guys, welcome to the One and Done podcast, where it's all about young people being successful in business early in life. We're recording today from the Rollo Insurance Studio in College Station, Texas, and we're excited to have y'all with us today. All right, very excited for the first episode of the One and Done. Today we have Austin Smoger with us from Fort Wayne, Indiana. He's a life insurance specialist and he runs the South region for One Resource Group um appropriate for covid right we're doing it we're doing it uh the google hangouts way uh, he's actually in his final day of quarantine right now so no better way to spend quarantine than to record a record a new podcast um but i man i wish you were, i wish you were here in texas if you were in texas we'd be doing this in person but but i'm glad i'm glad to be doing it this way so uh how are you doing today
1: I'm great. I'm great, and yeah, I, I hope that once uh once all restrictions are lifted and everything, I, I still want to come down and you know visit your office and see how you guys handle stuff, uh, and you know possibly go see an Aggies game.
0: Hey, I can I I can hook you up with some tickets to an Aggies game for sure. We'll have to we'll have to record again whenever you get back in, but um I know how I know how we use you guys, but how do you guys see what you guys do for agents like myself every day? Um, When we're kind of bringing you the client, we're bringing you the problem, if you will. And it's y'all's job kind of to figure out the best way to piece together some life insurance to take care of that issue.
1: Yeah, uh, I see it as it's coaching. Uh, And especially, you know, coming from an athletic background, a lot of the agents, you know, these agents are very intelligent. I mean, even like yourself, but sometimes there's just there's different, you know, there's different things that some people don't have. You know, great experience with uh, some advisors, you know, a lot of advisors, this is their first time kind of diving into life insurance. This is the first time it's been brought to them. So, um, how I see it is really, you know, it's an honor that these agents, you know, reach out to me and ask for my professionalism. Um, but my overall goal is to, you know, coach them up enough to where, you know, our conversations are more or less limited, giving them the tools and giving them the knowledge to you know, do all of this on their own end. Um, but again, you know, it takes time and it takes a process and it kind of just depends on how many cases it really come in. But I truly see it as, you know, coaching and trying to make them fully independent. So they're not using me as much. That's kind of, I want them to have the knowledge and I want them to be the most professional. So they're giving all this to their clients.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's funny though, too, because thinking about why we're here in our in our audience, you know, you're 23 years old, and probably the majority of the people you work with are not my age. They're not our age, right? They're they're probably 40, 50, 60. You know, in the insurance industry, how how is that coaching somebody who's so much older than you? You know, and and, and understanding who they are and how long they've been in the business, but at the same time, kind of demanding that respect and 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 using that as a, a great relationship to go forward.
1: Yeah, uh, I'd say you know, especially when I first started. Uh, A lot of people, you know, when they do introductory, they like to say how many years they've been in the business. And, you know, when you hear guys that say, oh, I've been in the industry 20, 30 years, you're kind of like intimidated and you don't want to be like, yeah, well, I've been in the industry for a year and a half. So it's it's different, but, you know, I'd say the big thing is just because you're obviously not going to show it with experience, but you can show it with your knowledge. And um, I know later on I'll kind of touch on it, but The big thing is to be the most professional, the most efficient and you know, the quickest on finding them a solution because again, it just, it just keeps building the relationship more and more and more. Um, the more value that you add to them.
0: Oh, a thousand percent. I, I, I would agree to that a thousand percent. If you have the right, if you have the right professionalism, and that's the respect I was kind of talking about, and you pair that with a, a, a knowledge and a willingness to learn, they don't you don't always have to have the right answer from day one and I think that's probably you know what we're going to talk more about today what separates someone who's successful early in life versus someone who who isn't right in just a couple you know a year or so you're 23 you've already taken a promotion running a whole region for for a, a great brokerage one of the ways you do that is through what you just said right there being professional understanding that you don't have to know everything but that you're have the willingness to go out and and go get that knowledge. So that way you can be, you know, helping them out through something they need, which is which is knowledge in your particular area. Um, so I love that. Tell everybody a little bit more, you know, uh, about about you kind of going from. Um...
1: Yeah, um, so I went to uh, Center Grove High School and uh, if for any of my high school football buffs out there, we're ranked 13th in the nation right now. Uh, we're pretty, we're, we're <laughs> up there. I know your big college is down in Texas, uh, are you know up on the rankings but we're right up there with you too so I take some pride in that and helping that grow especially in um, the snow we'll, and all
0: the cold and stuff you, you guys have up there it's more it's, right I, I was so blown away when I went up there and you all were talking about football it's like this got to be a hockey place it's so cold I understand why basketball is up here but
1: yeah it stinks when you got to come off the sideline and get an ice pick to clean your cleats off so you're not sliding everywhere um, but what was, uh, what was nice is especially being at a, you know, I graduated with a class of about 1200 kids. Uh, it was a very big class, but what was nice is there were a lot of avenues that you can, you know, explore in high school. Um, which I thought's very good because I think, you know, I, I think one problem is that kids are, you know, forced into a profession more, like as soon as they start college. Um, and I think college is, you know, a big, a kind of big finding time, but. Uh, I started to take some accounting classes in high school. Uh, My grandfather was a CPA for the pharmaceutical company, Eli Lilly. And my uncle is a a CPA up in uh, South Bend in the Michigan area. So I initially, you know, I wanted to be an accountant. I wanted to be a CPA. Uh, Went through those classes in high school and eventually uh, became uh, an accounting major going into St. Francis. Then I just kind of, I was going through the coursework and, it was a thing where I, you know, I was, I had to make the decision, do I really want to do this because of kind of who my family is? Or is this something that I, you know, truly find happiness in? Around the end of my sophomore year, uh, I realized that this wasn't something that I could see myself doing for the rest of my life. So we had uh, introduced a new major, uh, risk management and insurance. Uh, and so I decided to kind of name that as a minor and kind of dive into it, I'd say halfway, see what it was like. And then eventually, you know, I enjoyed it. I loved it so much. I switched it over to my major um, and graduated with that degree. With that, it led into uh, going into my senior year, I got an internship with one resource group. Um, kind of just doing, you know, cold calls, assisting the team, however I really needed to. You know, I just, I took that and ran with it. I went in, did the dials, you know, got hung up on multiple times, got told, you know, different kind and not so kind ways to, hey, leave me alone, please. But the nice thing is that, you know, it grew a lot of experience just on the sales side. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed that, you know, insurance is an industry that's constantly changing. And, you know, there's always further education you have to do. Um, and that was what really, you know, kept me into it because I wanted to be sure I was in a profession where I can keep growing, keep growing, keep growing and not doing the same thing every single day because I, I just, I didn't, I don't want I don't ever want to stay stagnant. I always want to be, you know, adding value to, you know, what I can offer to my agent's advisors, you know, like I said earlier.
0: Yeah, I think, I think. A couple of things you said there, we need it. We need to definitely hit on. It's funny because I was the same way. I uh, I took some college classes in high school, and uh, they were all like going down the accounting path. And I took like three of them. I was like, this is terrible, you know. And part of it was because I had so many basketball games that I wasn't able to be there all the time, so I was missing some stuff. And the other part of it was like, I cannot do math for the rest of my life. So I completely switched up. I went in the English route and uh, did no math like for the rest of my college career. So, but I really wish we had had a risk management. I really wish, like you're you're a good example, somebody though who kind of found their path through their degree. Uh, I really just got a degree and found my path right after college. I think a lot of people are kind of, they're going to fall into either boat probably. Um, right. But two things you said I want to hit back on. The first one was whenever you talked about being an intern uh, at, at ORG, you said, you know, I was cold calling or I was getting coffee, or I was doing whatever whatever needed to be done, right? I think that is a mindset that helps somebody be successful early on. Um, if you're going into, I don't care what your degree is. If you're going into any job and you're thinking that they're just going to hand you your next way up, you're crazy. Um, as somebody who's working in in a business, very you know, very at a young age, and I can see very high up, people have to be innovative. They have to work hard. They have to find ways to add or add value to that team. That's how you get a pay raise. That's how you get a promotion. Is by showing yourself able to raise the bar on your own. You know, there's plenty of people in this world who can go in and do the same thing, like you said, over and over and over every day. But you have to be willing to do whatever it takes, especially as an intern, uh, if you want a shot at that company. So talk about that a little bit more. How do, how, what do you think about that mindset as it relates to, you know, being successful early on?
1: I, I always relate to it, but it's, you know, it's kind of just like the football mindset. Uh, when you go in young, um, and especially going from kind of like the high school to college level, you know, kind of, you know, high school, and I I take it hand in hand with going into your profession. But, you know, coming out of high school, and you're going into college, you know, you were probably the top dog at that high school, like you were, you were one of the best athletes, you're one of the best students, things like that. And then you're getting put into a position where you're right back at the bottom. And the thing is, where, you know, the next place you are, whether it's going from high school to college, whether it's going from graduating college to being in a career you got to prove yourself again that's the whole thing because the you know the new group of people you're working with they don't know what you did in the past they don't know what you're really capable of and you just got to keep proving that over and over again so it's you know it's really just you know getting down and showing what you're really capable of and the thing is is it's always just a it's always just like a next man up mentality always be ready and always be working and driving and doing you know everything they put in front of you, uh, what, you know, I know some things you will, probably won't want to do, but keep doing it because, you know, you never know when that opportunity and when that just one small task will just lead into, you know, a whole nother step in your career. Um, you know, because I, I sat down during my internship, I did my phone calls, I did everything they asked of me. And then at the end, you know, because I wasn't really getting a whole lot of feedback it was really just, you know, going through, just putting my head down and working. And then when I left, you know, that was when they were just like, hey, if you ever, you know, if you want to come back here, the door is always open. Like we were so proud of your work ethic. We were so proud of the work you put in. Um, so, you know, it's just, you always got to keep proving yourself. And even, you know, if you're at the same company and you're going into a new role, you have to keep proving yourself and putting in the time. And it's just, you know, whatever come across your desk. Do it and do it to the best of your ability
0: yeah absolutely no i mean I, a thousand percent agree with that i i think that one of the most important things that can make somebody successful early on there's a there's about there's a, there's, a, there's a million people in this world who can take an order and do it step by step right somebody hands you a step-by-step step to-do list there's only very few people you can hand a task and and trust that they do it in an appropriate way you know, and so when they're saying, "Hey, come on back," the reason is because I mean, tell me this: during your internship, and you mentioned there wasn't a whole lot of feedback until the very end. Whenever they said that to you, did you have any idea how you were doing?
1: Uh, I, I did, and I, you know, I kept thinking that I wasn't doing a great job because you know it was my first time really cold calling, and you know, it, and you know the way cold calling goes. Uh, oh yeah, you make a <laughs> call. Okay there might be two that actually pick up your phone and there might be actually one out of those two that actually wants to listen to you and take what you say to heart. Um, and so, you know, it was my first time experiencing that, you know, I'd go home and I'm just like, man, I left a hundred voicemails. No one's calling me back, things like that. You know, I, I don't know what's going on, but then, you know, towards the end when they did give me that feedback and then I was doing a great job, I kind of like, I understood it. And it's just the whole idea of, you know, we call it planting seeds. And, you know, they even said, like, you never know because it might it just not be the right time for that agent or that advisor. But you still left them that voicemail. You still got us out there. So then say, you know, five, 10 months down the road, a case comes by them and they're just like, man, I have no idea what to do with this. Wait, who is that guy who left me a voicemail a couple yeah. months ago? <laughs> yeah, and then, absolutely. And then call back. And it's cool, too, because I was kind of the, I was one of the guinea pigs, me and my uh, colleague, Mitch Dornberry, he's at One Resource Group too. Um, we were both interned at the same time. And uh, we were kind of the first round of interns. And, you know, it's turned into getting more. And now we have a system to where we're able to see kind of what business turns over, you know, once they leave, once they go back to college, we have a system to where we can see the agents they reach out to, you know, they do call back three, five months later, because they're like, yeah, this intern called me and, you know, told me all about these things you offered. Can you tell me a little bit more? I'm kind of in a a situation where I might need it. So it's just, you know, it's planting the seeds and kind of going back and seeing that turnover. It's cool. But, you know, it's just the thing of everything takes time and especially in insurance and kind of like starting out in cold calling uh, stuff isn't just going to happen at a snap of a finger. And it's you know it's the touches and again it's planting those seeds so then they can sprout and bloom later on.
0: Yeah, and that and you know and look, most people don't get feedback in my opinion. uh, Whenever they're doing something like that, I think that as a young person who's who's listening to this, you got to understand that's not a bad thing. That's they're testing your ability to go out and do something on your own and be successful at it, right? They were allowing you to basically, it's like it's like throwing somebody in the pool, right, and teaching them how to swim, like they're going to learn because they have to. That kind of thing. You're going to learn how to, I mean, there's, I've cold called before too, and man, there's two types of people in my opinion. The people who get bummed out by the people who don't answer the phone and the people who are ecstatic about the one out of the hundred that do. Right, I love. I would cold call a thousand people if I got one person to answer the phone, because I was like, when that person answers, they're gonna buy something from me, right? Or they're gonna they're gonna go to work for me, or whatever I'm calling them for. It's kind of like golf, right? You hit that one good shot, and it's like keep bringing you back, paying fifty bucks to play again. So it's it's kind of <laughs> the same thing with cold calling. But so you mentioned a couple times about playing playing sports. Uh, tell everybody here about about what you did in college. Uh, I think I think that athlete in you fits perfect with the theme of our show. Uh, talk a little bit more about that and then talk about some of the attributes that from playing sports, uh, you know, high school and college at a higher level, what attributes did that bring to you that you translated to your job that you think helped being successful early on?
1: Yeah. Um, I like, I don't like to, uh, toot my own horn, but I am. Um, so, and I know one of your questions talked and I, I love the question, hate to lose or love to win. Um, I came I was part of some great teams and like my college career throughout all the games we played, I only lost five. Um, we won two national championships down in Daytona, Florida. So we were one of the, you know, the small handful of teams that was able to have a back-to-back national title, um, which was great. But, you know, I think the biggest attribute that I took and it was what my offensive line coach always taught us, it was never play to not get beat. Um, and I think a lot of people kind of fall into that that mantra when they first get started. And the way that, you know, he kind of phrased it is, if you just play to not get beat, you're going to show kind of, you're going to show your weaknesses easily. But on the other side, you know, playing to win, and it's more or less playing to dominate and taking every single rep 100% and putting your all into it and, you know, going, you know. All out. That's that's really it. Um, and I translated that over because you know whether it's cold calling, whether it's running illustrations, things like that. Never once do I take one and just go. Oh, I'm just gonna you know go through the motions, things like that. Because when you go through the motions, people are gonna see your weaknesses and people are gonna expose those weaknesses, especially in business. Um, because you know you're talking about dealing with people's financials, things like that. People aren't joking around. People aren't gonna you know want someone who's going you know 50 percent. So, I, you know, I took that to heart, especially when I was playing, because every single time I played, it was every single play. The only thing that mattered to me was that play. It wasn't the next one. It wasn't the previous one where I might have lost. Um, I always focused on that one play and how I can be the best I can at that one play. Um, so it really helped me going into my career because I'm really a person who doesn't look at the whole bigger picture. Like I don't look at I don't look at what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen the next day. It's all about just what's happening today because it's the most important. What's most important is, you know, what's happening in present time. So it was just, you know, taking that idea and, you know, everything I do, just putting 100% effort into it. You know, just like when we were talking about cold calls, if I call, he doesn't like it, he doesn't answer. Oh, well, on to the next one. If he doesn't like it, on to the next one.
0: Absolutely. So it's
1: just, you know. And don't dwell on it because, you know, the more you dwell and you're just like, oh, man, like 10 people already hung up on me. Like, why am I even doing this? It's it's just going to build, just build a bad attitude within your head. And it's just going to, you're just going to see your numbers start to fall, fall, fall. But if, you know, you just go, if they say, you know, this isn't time, things like that. All right. Sounds good. On to the next one. And I'm going to give my maximum effort on it. At the end of the day, you go home and you're still happy because you know that you gave all your effort. You gave every single value you had. That's
0: it. Yeah, I, I love I love that phrase that from your coach. You know about you know don't every play you need to you need to do it at, to win, not to not lose. And I think sometimes people have that mindset in business when they first get started. And I think I think part of it, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. I think part of it is because they're timid. They don't really know what they're doing, so they're 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 a little bit timid. But confidence is going to be the ultimate key in that. If you're confident, you're gonna you're gonna go a long way in, in a job from you know. Early, early start because you're gonna you're gonna work at a thousand percent. So it's just the same as sports. What you're talking about right there. You know when you're blocking every play, you got to block like you're trying to win. When you start a job, you got to work every day like you're trying to be the best at it, and like you believe you're the best at it. Honestly, you do those two things, you're gonna be you're gonna be successful. Yeah, super competitive. I'm assuming then playing playing sports for that long, winning that long, you don't win that much without without being a little bit competitive.
1: No, you do not.
0: So, and I think that fits in perfectly with what you're doing right now because you know you talk about you talk about life brokerage uh, and what you guys are doing. It's a competitive market. There's a lot of people out there who do what you guys do. What do you do? To, what do you do specifically that makes you different? What do you do that sets you apart for the people you work with?
1: Yeah, um, I would say you know the one thing I do that sets me apart is. I, uh, I'm always trying to find that new, you know, value add to give to my agents and something that, you know, something that I know that my competitors can't do or that they haven't done to them yet. Specifically, um, you know, a lot of agents and advisors, they like to come back and, you know, it's all about trying to get in front of more people, talk to more people, things like that. You know, there's tons of, you know, softwares out there, things like that, that are like lead generators. But, you know, at the same time, it's kind of it's kind of inspiring the thought of, okay, so, you know, you say you want to get in front of more people, you want to talk to more people, who do you want to talk to? What's your target market? And the thing is, is because it's kind of, you know, inspiring kind of like the thought leadership side. Um, you know, you say you want to get in front of more people. There's tons of people out there. Who exactly do you want to get in front of? And it's, it's nice because I really think that, one thing that set me apart is I do try and spur my agents and advisors to think um, and kind of do some thought on their end. I know I'm, you know, the one that's supposed to be helping them with everything. But like I said in the beginning, I like to take it as more of a coach perspective and kind of give you the tools to take them and run. So it's, you know, kind of spurring on that thought. And if you want to get in front of more people, who do you want to? How are you going to do it? And, you know, if you kind of come up with a plan, I'm more than happy to help out. Um, but I really think that what kind of sets me apart is that I urge my agents and advisors to actually really, you know, think about what they're doing and kind of come up with a process because I, I don't, if you don't really have a plan, if you don't have a process set in, there's not really much I can do to help you out. Um, I can't build a process. I can't build a plan for you. I can't build goals for you. But if, you know, if you tell me kind of your overall just thought and things like that, and you have some part of a process, you know, I think my big thing is I like to put the pieces together and really, you know, build out a full plan and then implement what we have on our end of one resource group to help you reach those goals. And if we don't have it, then it's my job to find something that's, you know, that's going to fill that. So um, yeah. it's really just, you know, finding that new value add and trying to really spur thought because the best line that I love to hear from agents and advisors is I didn't think about that. Um, <laughs> and so because then, you know, the next time this, you know, the next time this instance comes to them, they're going to think about it again. Yeah. And they are never going to not think about that because of that one conversation we had. And, you know, when they're like, man, you know, I thought I, was, I thought I was on point, but this guy spurred a whole other side of the spectrum that I didn't even think about. That, that's the big thing, and just kind of spurring thought and kind of spurring a, a new way of thinking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned, you mentioned planning and processes, right? And that's going to be important in business for sure. How important is that early on? right? As you get going at first, you have no plan. You have no idea what you're doing, right? You're, you're cold calling, you're an intern, you're doing whatever you can do. You're working hard when you get that opportunity, right? When this job, so when the job for you turned into a career, talk about the planning and stuff that you had to do about what you're you're trying to sit there and think, okay, what is my job title? What is my job role? What fits within that? How can I plan to be the best? How important was that whenever you turned it from a job to a career?
1: Yeah, it was very important. Um, one of my, uh, one of my past managers and colleagues at One Resource Group, Jeff Sather, uh, he uses the term "proper planning prevents poor performance." Um, he would have a,
0: he would have a one liner for something like that. He has one for everything. Yeah,
1: he has one liner for everything, man. But uh, you know, and planning is just so important. And even you know, we had our uh, you know going into 2021, we had our review, and it's it's the thing of it, it helps you it helps you get you know hit the ground running. Um, every single night, you know, I'm kind of putting together a plan of who am I going to talk to the next day? What am I going to talk to them about? Things like that. So I can prepare myself and have all my knowledge ready to share with them. Planning is a huge part because I think, you know, if you don't plan daily, uh, if you don't plan weekly, it's very easy to kind of fall into the spectrum of just you're reacting to requests that come in rather than, Rather than kind of spurring the thought and spurring new concepts out, because that's really what's going to value add to your agents and advisors. You know, when they bring you a case, things like that, and if you're just constantly on the back end trying to help that, you know, that's not going to build the relationship thoroughly. So the big thing is creating a plan so you can get in front of them first and kind of get a new concept because once they get a new concept, a new thought process, that's just going to build the relationship more and more rather than always being on the back end and just kind of being a i'd say a quote-unquote like glorified order taker
0: yeah yeah i think i think that's that's got to be a thousand percent true um simply because the fact i mean there's so many people out there that don't plan i mean we're in sales right so in the sales industry planning and processing are even more important because you you know you eat what you kill you have to go out there and sell something every day to make some money and especially in the life insurance business. So you have to, on your side, you have to be thinking, who am I going to talk to that's going to sell some life insurance for me? On my side, I have to be thinking, who am I going to talk to that's going to buy some life insurance from me? Right? And we have to plan that. We have to process that. So for all the sales people listening to this, if you're wanting to go into sales, some things you need to take out of this day are confidence is key to sales because people aren't going to buy from somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about or doesn't act like they know what they're talking about. And the second thing is you got to be able to plan. You got to be able to have the self control to sit down every day and say hey, these are, this one I'm going to do the next day. Follow that plan. The most successful people in sales are the ones who have one simple plan. So down here in Texas, the top life insurance guy, he I mean he has the most simple routine ever. I don't know how, I don't know how old the gentleman is now, but he every day he has two meetings before lunch, two meetings after lunch, and I guarantee you, he probably sells three to four life policies a day because he's that good at this point. He found a process; it works, and he and he sells he sells hundreds of thousands of dollars of life insurance every year, and it's literally because he has a process that works. So it's super important in, in sales, and it's it's important in most things, but it's very important in sales as well. Talk talk uh, talk for just a second about you know turning turning your job into a career, right? So you came out of college, risk management degree, playing sports. Uh, I'm sure it was really tough to give up sports, and we can talk about that some other time. But so you come out. And you have that degree. You do an internship. They say come back, and, and you know you probably took the job originally um, as a job. What turned it from a job into a career for you? Because again, you're 23 years old, right? You're you're the epitome of one and done. What we're literally trying to get people to do on the show is to is to say, hey, I'm young, but I already found what I'm going to do for a very long time, and I and I know how I'm going to be successful, and I'm working my way up uh, at 23 instead of 33. So talk a little bit about that.
1: It's weird. And it was a, it was a great question on your part, because it's something that I've never really, I've never really thought of, but, you know, diving into it, I really think um, where it turned from a job to a career was when I was not getting feedback from, you know, the peers that I work with, but the agents and advisors that I'm servicing once they were starting to give feedback of, you know, when I, you know, brought that thought process to them and they're like, Oh, I've never thought about that. That's awesome. Or, you know, when they always would, you know, compliment on, you know, this was this is great. Um, the quality of your work is great. Uh, the efficiency of your work is great. Uh, and I realized I'm like, I'm only six months into this. And this is the feedback I'm getting. The the sky's the limit now. Because I mean, I, I don't have all the knowledge, I don't have all the tools. Um, but you know, my work ethics there and everything like that. So that was really where I felt my job turned to a career when I was getting that feedback. And then I realized, like, I haven't even reached halfway of my potential. Once I realized that and I realized, man, if I'm getting great feedback now with the knowledge I have, what's going to happen five, 10 years down the road? You know, when I start gaining all this knowledge from the different carriers, we have different products. It's like a, it's like a balloon that's just going to keep inflating, but it's never going to pop. Yeah. Um, When you have some real knowledge. (laughs) exactly that was really when I you know I felt my job turned to to a career was when I got that feedback and I just kind of you know looked at myself and I'm like man I, I really didn't expect to get this to get this feedback but I did and I you know I know that I can still keep growing and that was the big thing is I was in a position where I knew I can keep growing there was still more knowledge that I needed to add to my you know to add to my toolbox and you know it's just the the sky's the limit. That was really when I realized this is a career. This is something that I can do. Um, because if this is where I'm at right now, who knows what's going to happen in 10 years?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, And I think that's the same way for everybody is whenever you find something, number one, you're passionate about number two, that you, like you said, had a knack for, right. Turning those things into a career is all about, uh, knowledge at the end of the day. Right. You, you, I mean, you can be, you can build a career in anything. And so it's finding that thing that's right for you early, right out of college. And uh, for some people, it starts with an internship. Some people, starts with an opportunity. Either way it is, you find something. Use college. I I, tell, I mean, we can talk about this for just a second. What is your opinion of, of, of college, degrees, things like that? Because, I mean, I know mine. I went to school. I got an English degree. I can guarantee you it's not worth very much. I probably have – I mean, I could type a paper, and there would be so many grammar errors. You would – I mean, my wife did so much for me in college, helping me edit those things. But uh-huh. – I, my, I don't use my degree every day, right? I think, honestly, job experience is one of the most important things I look for whenever I hire somebody right now. And uh, I think that, you know, you had a degree, risk management, it led to a career. I'm all about going to college to find a, a degree path that leads to a career. Um, but I know so many people that they just go to school for something that they don't even, they, they thought they might want to get into. They don't switch majors ever. Uh, and, and they graduate and they feel like they have to go to work in that, in that career path now uh, rather than using college to find something that actually is going to be a great career, even if you don't use the degree.
1: Yeah, my, my opinion on college is with, with, you know, with society the way it is today, it is necessary. Um, but I think college is essentially your golden ticket to learn um, because you know, uh, everyone out there really has bachelor's degrees and it's starting to turn into everyone out there has master's degrees. Um, and it's kind of the, I think the degree is what, you know, gets you in the door. Um, but it's your ticket to learn and really, you know, find an industry that you can truly enjoy. Um, you know, like you said, you're an English major, but now you're in insurance. Um, but you still had, I think that college truly proves that all it really proves is that you were able to be determined for four years, five years to go to your classes learn what you needed to learn, get the job done and get your piece of paper. Because, you know, without that, I think, you know, going into a career without a degree, you know, you have to prove that you're one who's able to wake up day in and day out, go to your classes and get stuff done. And, you know, you and I both know college is filled with a bunch of stuff that you really do not want to do. Oh, absolutely. Um, (laughs) But you have have to do it to pass. Yep. Um, So, you know, I, I really think that that degree is just really your ticket and it just shows that, you know, you're determined because college isn't much different than an actual career. There's going to be a lot of stuff that gets put in front of you where you're like, I really do not want to do this. You got to do it anyway. Um, And I think that, you know, the degree is just kind of the ticket and it's like your certification that I was able to put up with a lot of stuff that I didn't want to do, but I did it to succeed and did it to, you know, get onto the next level. So yeah, that's my opinion.
0: Yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. I think that, that, you know, people are looking for that degree, but if you use that the right way, it can help you, it can help lead you to the career path you need to be in rather than sticking you in a career path you don't ever want to be in. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things I, I would tell, tell people was, Hey, when you go to college, make sure you're using that to find, find your career. Um, don't, don't just feel like you have to go to work for a career that your degree path, you know, maybe set you out towards. Cause I can guarantee you, I would not be successful as a journalist, So, um, you know, kind of talking here as we wrap up just about, you know, being young and successful, right? So we talked about what you do. We talked about insurance brokerage. We talked about being an athlete and the things that that brought to you and and why you do what you do. Let's talk a little bit about what. So so specific, you know, it doesn't have to be specific to your industry, but... What what did you do early on, right? Even in your internship or just as you got out, what did you do early on that separated you from other people? Cause I know I know ORG, there's a lot of young guys there who are very successful. What did you do to get that, you know, director of the South region title?
1: Yeah. Um I I I stayed true to I stayed true to me. Uh that that's my big thing. Um I, you know, I set my goals and I, I still have my goals set and I'm, you know, one hundred percent invested in them. Um, and the big thing is, especially when you're just starting, there's a lot of, you know, there is a lot of knowledge to be gained. Um, but there are also a lot of opinions from, you know, more experienced people, um, that they, you know, they want to share to you. And it's more or less like they feel like they have the experience, you know, they know the way and it's almost like their way or the highway. Um, and so I think the big thing that separated myself is don't. I didn't want to be like completely submerged into things that other people have done. I wanted to be sure that I was bringing something that people don't do and like the masses don't do. I wanted to do something that really set myself apart from, you know, some of the people that I worked with in the competition Um, because, you know, There's tons of people out there that can, you know, push a product that can push stuff like that. There's not a lot of people out there that can really push a concept and push thought and kind of push a new way of thinking. So it was the thing of just constantly staying 100% to what my goals were and what I really thought that I was capable of. Um, because there's a lot of people out there and especially very experienced people that want you to buy into their way and be fully invested in their way and it's very easy to fall into that too. I still think that when you're extremely young, you know, you have, if you set goals um, and you stay true to what you believe in and you stick with those, um, you're going to be able to offer to your just entire, you know, career base, you're going to be able to offer just a completely new way of thinking as long as you just stick to what you really believe in and what your overall goals are.
0: 100%. And I'll tell you something too that goes perfectly along with that. If you're young, you need to listen and absorb as much as you possibly can. So you mentioned you mentioned the older people right, they're trying to get you to do it their way. And and that's and that's fine honestly cuz guess what, they have experience and they have knowledge. So I'm going to listen to them 100% of the time. I might not do it exactly like they did it cuz that's their way, right? I'm trying to the way you separate yourself is by do is creating a new way, being innovative, right? Do, doing those things. Coming in it doesn't have to be creating a new industry. It doesn't have to be being an entrepreneur. That's not what I'm saying. You don't have to do that hundred percent, but you have to be able to say, okay, in my swim lane, here's what I'm supposed to do. How can I find a more efficient way of doing it? How can I find a better way of doing it? And the way you do that is by absorbing information from people all day long. I'm not a reader. I, I, I don't like reading, but I read business books. I listen to insurance podcasts and business podcasts. I, li- I listen to other people. Like when we talk and y'all do webinars, I listen to those things and I'm probably not going to take a hundred percent of what somebody says, uh, and just and do that. But I'm probably going to take a good majority of it and say, man, I love that idea. Let me pair that with who I am and then make that successful in my swim lane where I'm working at.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, I couldn't agree more. And I, I like how you kind of added that in. But it's just, you know, taking those opinions. But I, I think you can really, you know, take off if you kind of take the, the base idea of what they're trying to share to you. But then always look at it, too. You know they really do have a great idea here what's the way that I can take this idea and mold it into you know my strength and how I can add this you know add this same idea but in a different way um, in a new kind of a new young way and kind of utilizing the tools that you've learned recently to you know kind of change that idea and make it better
0: absolutely so you mentioned you mentioned uh, you mentioned a young new way talk to us talk to us about tech where's tech at uh, in insurance brokerage space, where's where's tech at? Because obviously, tech's going to be something that takes over every industry. Everybody who comes on this podcast is going to be white collar in some way. So we all work with we all work with thoughts, ideas, contracts, those kinds of things. We're not we're not you know working with usually with physical objects. So where does tech come in uh, in the insurance brokerage space?
1: Yeah, and uh, that it was it was another great question. But I really think tech. Uh, when I first came in, I think in the industry, tech is really like one of the, insurance is one of the industries that's a little behind and it's been behind because, I, and I really think it's because a lot of industries out there now are relatively new, um, especially because you know, they changed with the times, things like that. Um, insurance has been around for generations. Yeah. I mean, that's always has been relational. It's- Exactly, and the thing is, you know, it's everyone needs insurance, and you know, when people kept buying it and buying it, you know, there there was no reason to really change the way that people were doing things. Luckily, COVID and the pandemic has really spurred carriers to take under their wing that they need to, you know, find that new tech wave. Yep, uh, I think they're also realizing too that. If they do build this tech wave, they're going to be able to reach out to a lot of younger individuals in buying insurance. Specifically, I think one thing that I took on was, and I don't know if I've shared it with you, but we took on a new platform called Insight, um, and it's a way to kind of present insurance in a form of it's very interactive because, you know, it's always been, you know, putting an illustration in front, it's yep. a whole PDF, ledger. Account. PDF
0: email, <laughs> that was technology. Like,
1: Exactly. Um, but you know, this is a new way to where it really simplifies it. And I think it's a big tool because people are able to click interact and kind of see performance over the years. Yeah. So that was a big thing, but yeah, I think tech is kind of behind in the insurance industry, but it's very exciting right now because yeah, in yeah, the, the pandemic really spurred these carriers e-applications are becoming huge. Um, every carrier is kind of going this way. So then, you know, it used to be an agent would have to go with a, you know, a paper stack. Paper application. Thing. Oh yeah. They're you know, terrible. Down, how much time do you got? You got eight hours today to go through this application. <laughs> not going to make,
0: not going to make that much money. I promise you. doing doing one application. Well,
1: it, yeah. It, but it's uh it's nice because you know, all these carriers switching to e-applications it's a system where, you know, you don't even have to be in front of the client anymore. Um, you can fill this out and then it sends them an email to sign. And then, you know, there's also, you know, accelerated underwriting stuff that's coming out. So it, it's exciting too because it's nice to be in the industry right now and see all of these new kind of tech avenues coming out for insurance. Um, and it's nice because it's just, you know, another value add we can take to our agents, advisors, and yeah. be like, hey, this carrier's coming out with this brand new accelerated platform it's supposed to be great. You should kind of you should start looking into it and seeing how it fits in with your clients. Yeah. Nice because it gets them excited too because they're just like, "Man, no one else in the industry does this. Uh why isn't everyone else doing it?" And I'm like, "Well, you're one of the first, so you have an edge." So, it it's nice and it's exciting to be kind of in the industry right now with all this growing.
0: Absolutely. So, for those for for you know, the young people who are interested in life brokers, they're interested in what you do what makes somebody successful earlier on than not in in your in your industry in specific
1: yeah we uh we use the terminology and you know we always laughed about it but it's absolutely true um and tom tom and I specifically we love to joke about it but it's the term of and, being and for fun. those
0: listening tom tom is uh our direct contact at my agency and they're all, they were Austin's previous boss before Austin moved over and took over the south so Give give Tom a shout out real quick because you know he'd want one.
1: Oh, good old good old Tom. Um, I I have nothing, I have nothing but the best to say. Um, truly, he he really took me under his wing when I first came into the industry because I think brokerage is an industry where it really is a it's an industry where you got to go in and you have to kind of write your own ship, um, and you have to you have to learn and take take it upon yourself to learn. But, you know, Tom made it a point when I first came in that he knew that I had great potential in this industry. And he took it under his wing to kind of show me the path to, you know, how I needed to learn and how I could be successful. I have nothing but the best to say. And I'm so happy that I was able to build a relationship with him um, because our relationship's really strong and it's going to be strong for, you know, the rest of our lives. So, Shout out to Tom. He's awesome. Um, he's he's great. I have nothing but good things to say.
0: Yeah. So being successful early on, you got to you gotta find the Tom right and you got to be a sponge. Those two things you, in your industry make the difference. And I'd say probably, probably in a lot of industries they do, but in y'all's in particular, I mean, y'all are working with hundreds of carriers and you have to know so much. And there's, I mean, like you said, insurance is not an industry where you walk in and do the same thing every day. You know, yesterday you insured you know, a female who's 25 and in great shape. And today you're insuring a male who's 55 and in terrible shape Two completely different risks. Got to find people that want to take them. You add in health complications, you add in all kinds of things, financial complications and uh, being a sponge is definitely something that's going to separate you guys early on for sure.
1: Yeah, we say information and I really think it's because, even with uh, with my fiance, she's a nurse, and she said the same thing. When you first start, information and knowledge is going to be shot at you like water from a fire hose. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the big thing is being a sponge. And the thing is, you know, don't get down on yourself if you're not retaining all of the information. But just remember, you know, quantity is a great thing too, and you always have time to go back and review stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's being a sponge and trying to retain – and absorb as much information i like to you know we use the meme you know uh of course everyone knows spongebob but like when he was trying to clean gary in an episode his snail he like absorbed and just got absolutely huge i mean that's that's really just what you got to be going into into the industry and just inflate your knowledge as much as possible and if some stuff falls off always remember to circle back and just keep learning
0: absolutely you got to remember to circle back too that's for sure and yeah. as we as we close up, I appreciate you appreciate you being on the show today. Appreciate you, you know, doing this with me. Um, obviously, you know, working together and stuff like that. I this was a this was a perfect person to do the first episode with. Um, as we do that, I just kind of want to circle back on everything for those listening. You know, Austin works in the insurance brokerage industry, specifically life insurance, which means he works with uh, insurance agents, financial advisors, and basically anybody else who needs to sell life insurance. Uh, his specific role is a life insurance specialist, meaning he's a, he's on the sales side. He helps with the sales and everything like that. He helps uh, agents like myself uh, who need help with a specific client placing those risks with carriers, and you guys have access to that. And he works at one resource group up in Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, and, and they're a great company to work with for sure. Um, also, I mean, talk talk real quick as we end here just about what you do overall and one resource group and, and why that's the fit for you?
1: Yeah. Um, I think, you know, overall one resource group, we are, you know, I think we're really leading the industry. Um, we're rolling out a lot of, you know, new platforms, um, new ways to sell and new ways to kind of cross sell. Um, I think, you know, especially, uh, our president Todd, uh, Todd Stewart, he makes it a very good point to find the new opportunities that's going to keep us leading the industry. And I think it's very important because the insurance brokerage industry is a very good, and it's an easy way to kind of fall in behind what other people have been doing. Um, but to really set yourself apart from the rest, you have to find that new value add to bring the agents. And I think that's something that we do great day in and day out. Um, and it's something that, you know, we really pride ourselves on and we're always searching for that new, new concept, that new idea, um, that no one else is going to be able to take agents because it's just something that makes us exclusive, um, and something where, you know, people want to be a part of what we're doing. Um, and that's, you know, something that I really take pride in and something that, you know, I'm happy to call it a career because, you know, it puts me in a position to where I'm always trying to find that new thing to offer to agents, to offer to advisors that they've never seen yet, something exclusive that not everyone else can get. Um, I think I like to say that agents and advisors who work with us, they're part of an elite club um, and, you know, they're, they're going to be getting the best service and, you know, the best products that the industry has to offer. Uh, and it's something that, you know, I take pride in day in and day out. And it's something that, you know, allows me to keep growing daily and something that keeps me happy.
0: I love it. Well, if there's any one and done listeners up in the Indiana area and you're looking for a, uh, creative job, that's going to have to make, you know, you're going to face different situations every single day. Uh, I know one resource group is always looking for new interns and they're, they're also looking for new hires all the time. So, uh, you know, let me know about it and we'll we'll get you connected with Austin and the team up there and he'll he'll take you under your wing and and uh, make sure that you guys are successful if you're if you're looking to do that. But uh, Austin, man, really appreciate you being on the show today. Thanks for for hopping on the first episode of one and done. And uh, we'll look forward to having you back on some other time.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it, Justin. It was great.
0: Yes, sir.